the Sunday Sermons Podcast. Have you ever noticed that sometimes you can use the same terms and mean totally different things? Have you ever known that? Like, for example, a really good restaurant. Everybody's got really different ideas about which ones are the best ones. Or, or a really great meal to have at home. Or the best soft drink. It, everybody's got a different opinion. Sometimes it's really important to know exactly what we mean when we're using specific words. And we're starting today a brand new series called Definition. And we're going to use two definitions of the word definition. One is what it means. What, what, what does these things mean that we're going to look at? What are these words, these phrases? What does the Bible say about them? What do we mean by them specifically when we hear Morrison Hill say this thing? What do we mean? The other thing is definition in the sense of like a high definition TV. If you look at old TVs back in the day and the latest whatever, however many K ones that you've got now, um, it's a totally different world, isn't it? It's just completely different. Well, God willing, as we grow, as we get better, as we become more faithful to God little by little, we'll be able to look back and go, wow, we're, we're, we're way better than we used to be. And years from now, we'll, we'll be able to look back at right now and go, we're better than we used to be. It's a growth. It's a, it's a process. You're with me so far? Is this where you ready? So here's where we're going to start. We're going to start today walking through our church's vision statement, which is, and I hope you've seen this or heard this before. I hope you might even know this by heart. It's on a website. It's everywhere, wherever you're joining us from. This should be pretty obvious, but I bet you a bunch of you have never really noticed this. Here's, here's what our mission statement is. Helping people become fully devoted and equipped followers of Jesus Christ. We're going to walk through what that means little by little over the next several weeks. And today we're starting with helping people. And here's exactly what we mean by helping people. We're not talking about helping in a bunch of other senses. You could use the word helping. Specifically, we're talking about this. The act of empowering someone to do something. The same way that you help your child learn how to walk or how to eat with a spoon or how to use a toilet. Are you following me on this? Or later on you teach them how to drive. You're empowering them to do something. That is how we help people. We, help, we also help people a bunch of other ways. Today we're going to go serve some people. We're going to use our energy and help them clear out a yard and many other different things. That We help people with money. We help people with prayers. But specifically when we say in our mission statement, we help people become fully devoted and equipped followers of Jesus Christ, what we mean is we're empowering them to actually do that. Make sense? We're, we're doing whatever we can do to give them that chance. We can't force them to do that. When Jesus said we were supposed to make disciples, he wasn't using make in the sense with the definition that you force somebody to do it. It was in the same way you make a cake or you make something else like that. It's a process. He knew it was a process. But we invite them. We help them become followers of Jesus. So all three points today actually look pretty much the same. If you're following the outline uh, that's in the bulletin or anywhere you're joining online, it's, it's all three. But if you'll notice, there's some of the words are bold. And we're going to start here. We help people. I need you to say that out loud with me and emphasize that first one. This is the point, first big point. Ready? Here we go. We help people. We, we've got to start here because Jesus has always partnered with people. This has always been his vision. Even in the Old Testament, God partnered with people since the sixth day of 
creation. God partnered with people. I, I don't know for sure why he does this, but he consistently does it. And through all the covenants of the Old Testament and Jesus Christ who fulfills all of them and then has the new covenant that we're under now, in all of these we see that God partners with people. And then he empowers his people to help him build his kingdom. Jesus Christ is the only way, the only truth, the only life. But he always partners with people to lead others to him and then to lead by example and help each other follow him better. This has always been his plan. This morning, I'd like you to read out loud some scripture with me. You probably heard me and many others quote this many times. You've seen it before. But all of our vision, our vision statement and everything else we do in one way or another is based on this passage here from Jesus Christ. I'd like you to read it out loud with me, if you would. This is what we call the Great Commission. Read it out loud with me. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. One more slide, we're going to finish this, but I, I notice first, do you see the partnership? Do you see how he is empowering us to do this. This is really clear in his wonderful, beautiful promise. Let's say this together. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. He partners with us. He empowers us to do it. He gives us a job, but he continues to empower us to do it. Jesus is the ultimate example of helping people in this sense. Paul in Romans 10 is talking about the centrality of Christ and how, how everything depends on him. And right there in the middle of it, here's what he says. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? How can they believe in the one in whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. How many would like to have beautiful feet today? So here's the second big truth. We're already there. We help people. Let's emphasize that seven word. Everybody say that second word. Let's all say that together. Ready? We help people. We don't shout at them. We don't yell at them. We don't just make sure that we keep remembering truths together. That's important. We need to keep doing that. Don't get me wrong. But it's not just that we help people. We take action. We do things that actually help them. Jesus told us that we're supposed to function as salt and light in the world. And you've, you've heard that a thousand times. You've heard it applied so many different ways. This morning I want to apply it this way. It, it's no accident that if you go to any restaurant or bar or any place else where they want to sell you more water or drinks or food, there's no accident that they're going to give, give you something salty. You know what I'm talking about? Because a couple things. They know if they give you something that you're more likely to want to go ahead and buy something. You almost feel obligated. Well, they gave me all those cool chips. They gave me those peanuts. I probably should buy something. Okay? But also, it makes you hungry. It makes you thirsty. When you eat something salty, you, you want more. And this is what happens when we actually 
help people. When we stand on a corner and we scream at them, when we just hibernate and don't even try to reach out, we're not helping them. That doesn't make them hungry for anything else. It doesn't make them want more of God. It doesn't want them to make them dream more about life in general. But when we reach out, when we share love, when we help people, when we do something that actually helps them, they go, hey, I'd like to, I'd like to have a little bit more of that. That's, that's what it looks like when we are salt and light. When we show them the way, we also help each other, leading by example. We share each other's burdens. And we constantly build each other up. This is central. We've been talking about that idea in several ways recently. But again, it, it, this is part of that vision. We don't just help the world. We help each other. And Jesus helps us. And we help each other in a lot of ways, but specifically, we empower each other to get through what we need to get through. We empower each other to get done what needs to get done. We empower each other to connect with Jesus and to connect with other people and to accomplish his goals on this earth. When We help each other do what needs to be done. All the way since Eden... The devil has pretty much the same lie. He's not all that creative. He always is trying to tell us that all of God's rules are about limiting us and making life not as fun. Jesus, however, always tells the truth about himself, about the devil, about life, about everything. And Jesus says this, the thief comes only to kill and steal and destroy. I have come that they might have life and have it to the full. Again, the ultimate example of helping people in this sense. When Jesus was on this earth physically, some of his most, well, all of his opponents, the people who were against him, were the religious leaders of this day, his day. And one of the reasons that they were so antagonistic against him was because he was always calling them out on something. And that was that they had disconnected the idea of helping people with all the other religious stuff that they did. They were much more concerned with following a bunch of rules that didn't have anything to do with actually making a difference in the world than they were about actually doing what God calls righteous and just things in the world. One time Jesus said this, You experts in the law, woe to you, because you load people down with burdens they can hardly carry. And you yourselves will not lift one finger to help them. Even the religious stuff, they weren't willing to help people. They weren't willing to empower them. And that was not okay with Jesus then, and it's not okay with Jesus now. Now, this might seem like we're derailing for a second, but it's not. I need you to hear this. I need you to really pay attention to what I'm telling you. This is just a central truth in the middle of this. But the rest of it doesn't make sense unless you do get this. You cannot give people water out of a dry well. You can't share food out of your fridge if there's no food in your fridge. You can't teach somebody how to do something you don't know how to do. You can't take people on a journey that you're not on yourself. Are you with me on this? Dr. Stephen Covey says it this way, private victory precedes public victory. Self-mastery and self-discipline are the roots of good relationships with other people. Jesus Christ himself says it this way, how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's 
eye. It's really important that when we help people that we continue to keep this in the forefront of our hearts, the forefront of our brains. That we're not just shouting out truths at them, we're living those truths before them and inviting them into it. We're not just telling them about God's love and telling them they should love God, telling them how much God's love, we're demonstrating that. Everything about what we're doing is empowering them to participate in that. Is this connecting? Is this making sense? Do you see how this works? I'm not saying it's not okay to just hand stuff out sometimes. Of course it is. I'm not saying sometimes just a random stranger needs something. You just help them. Praise God. That's awesome. But on a daily, ongoing basis, we have got to be intentionally empowering other people to become fully devoted, fully equipped followers of Jesus Christ. That's what we're about. That's what we do. Paul wrote this. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the world. Live as children of light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. Read the second part as well. It says, It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible. Everything that is illuminated becomes a light. And that is why it says, said, Wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. I remember back in 1990, me and some friends of mine uh, went to Indiana on a concert trip. We were students at Johnson Bible College, now Johnson University, and we went up there and uh, we did some concerts at several different, uh, several different churches up there. And some of the locals, at least at that part of Indiana, really wanted us to kind of get a flavor of how they have fun. And apparently one of those things is to find a long, straight road between two fields of corn and just drive as fast as you possibly can in the middle of the night. And then shut off your headlights. And we're in the back seat and we're like, what in the world is going on? I, I won't forget that for several reasons, but here's the reason I want to tell you this morning. I'd never noticed before that moment that the headlights came back on how much headlights help. They make a real difference. Are you with me? I mean, I like cars. I think they're cool. But I rarely look at a car and go, man, look at those headlights. <laughs> those are some cool headlights. That's not usually what I notice. I, I'm gonna look, it, when I get inside, I'm going to look at the radio or something. On the outside, I'm going to look at the wheels and the body and the blood, whatever else. I, usually, I, I very rarely go, man, what kind of headlights does it have? But you know what's awesome? Headlights have their own theme song. Check that out. <laughs> you know what's awesome? They make a difference. They actually help people. They're small. They don't have to be noticed. And that's what it looks like. That's the example that Jesus gave us. Jesus humbled himself. He made himself nothing. He became a human being like us. He died for us. 
as well as rose for us. Jesus absolutely showed us how this works. It's not all about us looking like wonderful, helpful people. It's about actually helping people. It's not about being famous about it, being well-known about it. It's about actually just helping people, just like when the headlights come back on in the dark. John says, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. Part of what it means to be a follower of Jesus is there's got to be some daily rhythms that we always keep in our lives. Some things, some steps that we take over and over and over again. I'm going to remind you of these. I know you've heard them, but again... If you're not doing them, it doesn't make a lot of difference. Just talking about it, just saying it, just agreeing these are probably important is not the same as actually doing it. One of them is to actually read the Word of God. There is no other light. You know what I'm saying? If you don't hear what Jesus says, and you don't hear it all the time, there are a lot of other voices in this world. And they scream. They scream loud all the time, 24-7. You've got a little thing in your back pocket probably or in your purse or something that screams at you all the time. Are you with me on this? You've got to make time to hear the voice of God. Make time to read His Word, to listen to it if you don't like reading. Make sure it gets in there. You've got to take time to pray. You've got to take time to let Him speak to you in those times as well. You've got to, or you're not going to be living in the light. You're going to be living in darkness. Paul told us just a few, just a few minutes ago, we used to just be darkness. We're only light in this world because of Jesus. And we've got to constantly be exposed to that light. The second thing we've got to do as disciples of Jesus, if we're really serious about this, we've got to connect with groups of people, not just a big group of people, but with smaller groups of people that hold us accountable, that ask us the hard questions, that help us understand our hard questions, that help us live this stuff out. We've got to do that. You're going to be hearing so much more about that in the next several weeks as we reboot all of our connection groups here at the church. And I'm talking about youth groups and groups for kids. I'm talking about Sunday school classes. I'm talking about evening groups that meet here, evening groups that meet online, evening groups that meet at people's homes. Uh, wherever you connect with people, whether it's a small group, a Bible study, a life group, however you connect with people, you absolutely have to to be a follower of Jesus. And in a, in a, in a season where everybody is getting disconnected more than ever before, we have got to be the example here. We've got to show people how to stay connected, whatever it takes. We've also got to share the truth, and we've also got to serve in practical ways. All of these things have got to be part of the rhythm of our lives. That's what it looks like to walk in the light. This next scripture is Colossians 3, verses 12 to 17. It's not going to be on the screen. I, I, if you want, you can even close your eyes to listen to this. But here's what I'm inviting you to do as I read this. Just imagine if we, what would it look like if we absolutely nailed this? What I'm about to read to you, this should sound really familiar. But what would it look like? What would be the same? What would be different? What would it look like? What would it feel like if every single day, every single year, Morrison Hill Christian Church felt like this? 
Just imagine with me. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. That's beautiful, isn't it? If that's how we lived every single day and we nailed it, would people be helped? Would we be empowered to really get more and more and more of this done? To increase the definition in the picture? Would we? That's a question. I'm asking a question. Would... The answer is yes. Yes. Here's the last big idea of what it means that we help people. If you would, say it out loud with me again, and this time emphasize the third last word. We help people. One more time. We help people. This has always got to be something that we, can't, we just refuse to forget. Because we're not just serving the masses. We're not just serving the nations. We're serving people. Are you with me? On the, do you understand what I'm saying? Every single human being that you will ever meet is an individual that is made in the image of God. Male or female, whatever they look like, they are made in the image of God. They have an eternal soul. They have potential to help build the kingdom of God. Every single one. They matter. And you can't treat everybody exactly the same. You can treat people fairly, We'll talk about what that looks like in just a second. But you, you've got to treat them as individuals. C.S. Lewis says, You cannot make men good by law, and without good men you cannot have a good society. He, he probably, in retrospect, should have said people, or men and women, but he's still one of my favorite authors. Let's give him a little credit. Okay? Thank God he didn't say men, uh, ah men and ah women. Right? You know, he didn't go there. You cannot make men good by law, and without good men, you cannot have a good society. Here's, here's what he means by that. Just changing the rules, just yelling at people, just telling people what they should do doesn't do anything. If you want change in this world, you've got to actually change. You changed, and you empower people to actually change. And there is only one way to actually help people actually truly change, and that is through the power of Jesus Christ. That is through the ongoing process of living a life where you are a fully devoted and fully equipped follower of Jesus Christ. That is the only thing that actually really changes people for the better. We've got to keep that in mind. 
That is the goal, and we can't give up on that goal. Here's a really cool graphic that I found that explains something. We all, one of the things that we're hearing about a lot these days, and I, it's really, really important in my heart, is the idea of equality and the need for more equality. But actually, since we're talking about definitions and we're getting kind of persnickety about words right this minute, I, I, I want to I point out equality is not really what we want. What we really want is equity. Okay? In this picture, the point is we're trying to help everybody ring the bell, not make everybody have the same kind of box. Do you understand what I'm saying? And, and in this case, you've got three boxes, and on the picture on the right, you've got people that are all three ringing a bell because they've distributed the boxes to enable every single person to ring the bell. The other one, you've got the same amount of boxes, but to, to, one person can barely ring it, one person can't at all. Oh, they all got the same box. There's equality, but not really. What we really want when we talk about equality is equity. And when, we're trying, when we say everybody is equal at the foot of the cross, everybody is a human being made in the image of God, we have got to remember that we've got to do whatever it takes to make it equally possible, equally available for people to come into our congregation, to come into the kingdom of God. We've got to realize that it takes extra effort to reach certain people. That just saying, well, we do this and anybody's invited, where everybody's invited, that's not the same thing as actually trying to empower every single person you meet to actually join the kingdom. That's what we're actually about. And we can't forget that. We can't settle for easy and quick, measurable things that look like helping people to us. Hey, we all handed out boxes. Everybody got a box. Can they ring the bell? Are you with me? If you go to a medical professional, they're kind of the big heroes these days. You go to a medical professional and you ask for help. Wouldn't it be terrible if they treated everybody the same? I mean, you do want them to treat everybody with respect, and you do want them to, but you go there, what if you go there, you're, you've got a completely shattered, obviously terribly, horrifically broken leg, and they go, well, at this hospital, we give everybody two ibuprofen. Or obviously you've got COVID. We're going to treat you for COVID. Let's get this guy on a ventilator. No, I've got a broken leg, right? You, you, people are individual. And when we help them, we help them the way that they need help. I remember one time in Papua New Guinea when I, we, I was growing up over there. We weren't medical missionaries, but we were isolated enough that we had to do a lot of that just because the people didn't have access to medical stuff as much as they needed. And one, one time one of Dad's friends came. Awesome guy. They, they were just always teasing each other. But he, he came and he wanted some medicine for a headache. And uh, this guy was just kind of a skittish kind of guy. He was scared of everything, snakes especially, but pretty much everything, including medicine. And he comes to Dad and he goes, um, I need some medicine for this really terrible headache. And Dad's like, well, I got some. He goes, well, is it safe? Dad's like, yeah, it's safe. We, we give it to kids. We give it to everybody. Like, sure. Yeah, it's safe. It's safe. So finally he takes it, and he's on his way out. And Dad said, hey, don't worry, man. Your diarrhea is going to be gone in like an hour. You, you should have seen that guy's double take. He's <laughs> like, what? what? That, that's not what I want. That's not the kind of medicine I needed. And again, we help people. Are you hearing me? We help individuals. We don't just say, well, this is how we reach out. 
we actually reach out. That's important. That's what it means to help people become fully devoted followers of Jesus. Paul writes, follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children and walk in the way of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. 1 Thessalonians 5.11, therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as, in fact, you are doing. And again, this is not me criticizing you. I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to empower you. I'm trying to build you up. I'm trying to encourage you. You guys actually do a pretty good job of this. Even in the midst of the pandemic and all the other crazy things we've faced this year, I've seen so many people reaching out to each other, helping each other in so many different ways. And right now there's a lot of people in our congregation and in our community that need more help than ever, and we're doing that. Today as a church, after instead of meeting tonight and having classes here, we're actually going to go serve people. I, I, I'm excited about all these things. We've got to do this. But here's what I need you to do. I need you to remember these three things we looked at. I need you to know that this has to define us as individuals and as a church. We help people. Not God's people everywhere. We help people. And we help people. We don't make them do stuff. We don't force them to do stuff. But we empower them to do stuff. We meet their needs. We do whatever it takes to help each individual get where they need to go. We help people. We remember that they are individuals and we treat them as such. To give them equal access to become followers of Jesus and part of our family. Sometimes that takes extra work for one person that you don't have to do for the other person. But whatever it takes, the goal is the point, not just checking something off of your list. So today, as we come to sing one more song, and I invite you to make one more decision, give you one more chance, we empower you to make a decision. Here's what I need you to pray. Lord, I will help someone. And I'd like you to write down a specific name. Maybe God is going to ask you to help someone. It'll probably be totally different things because treating people as individuals mean they all need different things. But I'd like you to take a second. The band's going to come forward. I need you to each take a second right now. A couple seconds. Take as, take as long as you need. I want you to write down a name. Lord, I will help this person. Maybe that means helping them physically. Maybe that means encouraging them. Maybe that means texting or calling them. Maybe that means doing, I don't know, inviting them to church. I don't know what it means. It's something that I hope God will put on your heart. I'm going to stop talking for a second. I want you to write a name down. the end of every service, we always offer a chance for you to make a decision, make it public. You don't have to make your decisions public. As we stand and sing in just a second, I hope you all make a decision to do what you just told God you were going to do. I will help that person. I, ho I hope that you make that, every single one of you. But if you'd like to come forward to be prayed for, if you'd like to come forward and make some sort of a decision to give your life to Christ, give your life back to Christ, to officially join our church. I, I don't know what he might have put on your heart, but if you need anything at all and you need help with that, please let us know. Come forward.
we'll make that decision with you. Please stand and let's sing to God.